Celine Cremer is a 31-year-old Belgian backpacker who has been travelling around Australia since June of 2022. She was last seen in a small town called Waratah, a remote part of the northwestern region of Tasmania. When her family weren't able to reach her and she wasn't responding to messages, they contacted police and the search for Celine began. Her car was found in the car park of a local walking track, which leads to the stunning Philosopher Falls. Celine, however, was nowhere to be found. I'm Carla Morgan and this is Bolo, a podcast covering cold and active missing persons cases with the aim of helping families bring their loved ones home. This episode contains content related to abduction and homicide and is not suitable for children. Today I'm covering the very recent missing persons case of Celine Cremer, who went missing just three months ago in June of 2023. Did Celine wander off a hiking trail and get lost in the wilderness? Did she fall or somehow injure herself and succumb to the elements? Or did she meet with foul play on the hike or in the days prior? Celine has long blonde hair, brown eyes and a radiant smile. She has a patterned tattoo sleeve covering her upper right arm and a tattoo across her upper abdomen. Amelie, Celine's sister who lives in Belgium, said in the media that Celine loved her family and friends and had a big heart. She was passionate about travelling and was an experienced backpacker. She'd come to Australia to pursue her dreams. Celine had actually been in Australia for about a year already, studying, working and travelling. She had recently extended her student work visa for another year and had arrived in Tasmania at the beginning of 2023. Her last Facebook post was in February, with a picture of herself standing atop Mount Wellington. I'll post this in socials. It's captioned in French, but the translation is A Little Devil in Tasmania. She was clearly having an amazing time and was loving what Tasmania has to offer. Celine was due to head back to the mainland of Australia in June and she had a ticket booked on the Spirit of Tasmania for the 21st. But before she left Tassie, she wanted to explore the northwestern area near Cradle Mountain. And that's where she was on a solo trip when she disappeared. The Spirit of Tasmania is a vehicle and passenger ferry that crosses between Tassie and the mainland of Australia. It's the only way to get a car across the Bass Strait which is the channel between Victoria and the island of Tasmania. It's roughly a 10-hour trip, with the cost of a return ticket ranging anywhere from $600 to $1,000. It's a lot of money to pay for a ticket you're not intending to use. And when the 21st of June rolled around, Celine didn't board the ferry, nor did she cancel or postpone her booking. Here's a timeline of Celine's whereabouts in the lead-up to her disappearance. Celine's last contact with her family was the 16th of June, when she sent through some photos of her time in Tassie. On the 17th of June, she was seen in the town of Waratah. 
And this is the last confirmed sighting of Celine. Waratah sits alongside the Savage River National Park. It has a population of about 250 people and is very remote. It's pretty much surrounded by dense forest, national parks and reserves. The town itself sits at the top of a waterfall, Waratah Falls, and was built to support a massive tin mine at Mount Bischoff. It's believed Celine had plans to go on a bushwalk to Philosopher Falls, a 10-minute drive from the town of Waratah, though it's not clear when she planned to do this. To get to the falls, you head southwest out of town along Waratah Road, then make a right into Butler's Road. The car park for the walking track to the falls is about one kilometre along that road. The falls themselves are set in thick rainforest and it's mountainous, but the track is wide and easily accessible. It's just under an hour to walk there and back, about a three kilometre track in total. It's mostly flat with a set of stairs at the end that go down to a viewing platform where you can see the falls. It isn't considered a difficult hike at all. Locals say they walk it all the time with their kids, so it's a popular track for townsfolk and tourists alike. Celine is an experienced bushwalker, and it's believed she was only equipped for a light day walk, which is what it should have been. Her family requested a welfare check on the 26th of June when she wasn't responding to messages and they could no longer contact her. This was very out of character for Celine. As her sister Amelie has said, Celine communicated regularly with her family, so to not hear from her for over 10 days was highly unusual. The next day after her family contacted police, which was the 27th of June, her car was found in the Philosopher Falls track car park. Police believe it was likely already there on the 20th of June seven days earlier, but they also say it's possible it could have been there as early as the 17th. It's a white Honda CRV with the number plate E40TF. I'll post an image of the car on socials for you. The reason they believe she was out there as early as June 20 was because that was the last day her phone had signal and it pinged somewhere out in the area near the falls. If the phone last had a signal on June 20, she may have been out there earlier than that, as some phone batteries last longer than a day, especially if she had got lost and was turning her phone on and off to conserve the battery. Because the case is so recent, we don't really have any more information or detail around this. I have many questions about Celine's mobile phone data and I wonder how much information police actually have in regards to this. Some of my thoughts and questions are what activity was on her phone from the days leading up to the 20th? Was her phone switched on and in range on those days? That would give a clearer indication on when she went out to the falls as there is little to no reception out there. What activity was found on her phone on the 20th? Did it just ping off a tower? Or did she attempt to send messages or use her phone in any other way? If she was lost, 
She may have attempted to send messages for help, but was unable to do so. Triple zero is our number for emergency services, but it doesn't work if your phone has no reception. Did her phone have any photos on it from the lead up to the 20th or from the walk itself? This would surely provide confirmation of her movements in the days leading up to the 20th and therefore help police narrow down which day she went out there. Lastly, were location services turned on and if they were, can any data be retrieved on her location despite the phone being turned off or out of range? When I was asking myself these questions, it reminded me of the case of a fellow Belgian backpacker, Theo Hayes. Theo disappeared from Byron Bay on the east coast of New South Wales in May of 2019. He had left the Cheeky Monkeys nightclub in town and was thought to be heading back to his hostel, but he never made it back there. Initial search efforts focused in on the area in the town where he was last seen on CCTV footage leaving the bar and in the surrounding areas of his youth hostel. But it wasn't until his family were able to log into his Google account where they discovered a ton of information about that night that authorities realised they'd been looking in the wrong place. The data that was uncovered was very detailed and guided the next round of search efforts for Theo. We were able to see that when he left the bar, he was using Google Maps to get directions back to his youth hostel, but for whatever reason, and most speculate that he met up with another person or a group of people, for whatever reason he didn't follow those directions, or he went the wrong way, and he ended up walking through bushland to Tallow's Beach. They were able to trace his steps, how fast he was going, and where he ended up. At times he was running through thick brush. According to the phone data, he watched a YouTube clip of one of his favourite Belgian shows on the beach and sent a WhatsApp message around 1am. Then his phone lost signal, or he switched it off, or location services were switched off. There are a few different reports on this. And that was it. Theo has never been found, nor has his phone, though they did later find his hat in bushes near the path that he took to the beach that night. It's also believed that he moved away from the beach and climbed the headland near the Byron Bay lighthouse around the time or just before his phone went silent. Admittedly, Theo's phone was switched on and in range, so this data was retrievable, whereas with Celine, We know she was in an area with virtually no reception, or patchy at best, but it still might be that there is data on her phone that can provide more information as to what happened to her that day, or at least what she was doing in the lead-up. It's important to note that June through August is winter in Australia, and Tasmania being our most southerly state, is exceptionally cold at this time. The temperature lows during the period when police believed Celine to be at the falls were between 5 to 8 degrees Celsius during the day, going down to about 1 to 2 degrees at night. That's 41 to 46 in Fahrenheit during the day and about 34 to 36 at night. 
There was snowfall recorded in the area at the time Celine was missing and a weather alert was issued to bushwalkers in Tasmania in the weeks after Celine was last seen. Police say when they consulted experts that given the weather, the low temperatures and rain, that survival in the terrain would be very unlikely. Extensive searches were conducted along the trail of the falls and the surrounding areas. It's dense rainforest and quite mountainous around the area, despite the track itself being pretty flat. Tasmanian police, SES and search and rescue covered the walking track, the falls and the surrounding bushland. ATVs, helicopters and drones were also used to look for Celine, and teams rappelled down from the waterfall's viewing platform. Swift water rescue teams were also called in to scour the pools at the bottom of the falls in case Celine had fallen in. All searches have failed to locate her, her phone or belongings or anything of note. And on July 10, search efforts were formally suspended. Then, new information in relation to Celine's mobile phone activity provided an additional area of interest within the Philosopher Falls area. Police Western District Commander Stuart Wilkinson has said, and I quote, We do have evidence of Celine going off Philosopher Falls track. The terrain is extremely challenging. I believe he's referring to an area where they now understand Celine's phone was when it last pinged. Towards the last weekend in July, a New South Wales cadaver dog called Wags was sent down to Tasmania to assist in the hunt for missing teenager Cheyenne Lee Tatnell, who was missing from Launceston, also in the north of Tasmania. Sadly, Cheyenne Lee's remains were found that very day, so Wags was sent up to Philosopher Falls to look for Celine. Wags didn't find anything, despite a three-day search. Celine's close friend was also there at the time, and police walked the track with her and provided her with all the details of their investigation. Commander Wilkinson has said, Like many areas of Tasmania, when you go off those formed tracks, you can walk 15 metres into that bushland, turn around, and you feel like you're not quite sure where you are. With conditions being like they were, Windy and wet, police do believe that she has gone off the track and gotten lost in the wilderness. However, he did say that while police were of the view there weren't any suspicious circumstances in relation to her disappearance, they always keep an open mind and will keep the investigation open. The obvious theory is that Celine went on a bushwalk that day and got lost in the wilderness. Without knowing what mobile phone data they have, or any further information, we don't know 100% if it was her who was out there walking the trail that day. It's possible, and this is speculation of course, that Celine met with foul play in the town of Waratah, that her car was dumped at the car park, and her phone discarded in the bush off the trail. Surely though, her car would have been forensically examined and that theory ruled out. It's still possible then that Celine drove herself out there 
and met with foul play on the trail itself. I do remember hearing in the media, though I couldn't find a written report on this, that a hiker had come forward saying they had seen Celine on the trail that day. So it is likely that that's where she was, but it still doesn't mean she couldn't have met with foul play while she was out there. The area is now open to the public, as police believe that Celine went well off the beaten track and is not in an area where people will generally go. I mentioned earlier in the episode missing teenager Cheyenne Lee Tatnell, whose remains have now been located. Cheyenne Lee was just 14 when she went missing in April of this year. She was last seen captured on camera footage walking along Henry Street near the North Esk River in Launceston at 8.30pm. She had left youth housing where she was staying and was walking to visit a friend, but she never made it. For those of you unfamiliar with Tasmania, Launceston is about a two and a half hour drive east from Waratah, but still in the northern region of the state. Police searched the river and surrounding areas, and it might have seemed that they initially thought Cheyenne Lee was a runaway, as it wasn't until three months after her disappearance that there was mention of a potential criminal element. It appears that they received information that led them to search bushland on a track near Dabaula, where they did find Cheyenne Lee's remains. A property in a separate location in Scottsdale was forensically examined, along with the area she was found, and after a criminal investigation, a 36-year-old Tasmanian man has been charged with her murder. I'm not saying there's a connection between Cheyenne Lee and Celine, but they were both missing persons at the same time, in areas that were two to three hours apart in Tasmania, which is a very small part of Australia. I'm also pointing out that it's evident that police believe Celine is missing because she has gotten lost or been injured in the bush. But after extensive searches and no sign of her or her belongings, we can't rule out foul play. The fact remains that Celine and Theo are both still missing. They are just two of numerous missing backpackers in Australia. In 2022, there were 90,000 working holidaymakers backpacking here, and each year approximately 300 go missing. Some of these are accidental, people going missing off trails or disappearing out at sea. Some are victims of foul play, and some go missing of their own accord. Celine and Theo are both very high-profile cases, but their families are all the way across the world in Belgium, and they need our assistance and that of our community to help them find answers and bring their loved ones home. Police would like anyone who saw Celine at the falls that day or spoke to her or spent time with her when she was in Tasmania to please come forward. Any small piece of information can help find Celine and bring her home, even if you think it's insignificant or something they would already know. If you or anyone you know know anything at all about Celine or about Theo, 
please contact PoliceLink on 131444 or call Crime Stoppers anonymously if you like on 1800 000 or you can submit a tip online at crimestoppers.com.au. Thanks for listening to Bolo. If this episode has brought up feelings for you and you need support, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Respect on 1800 Respect. You can connect with me on Insta or TikTok at bolo.pod or email me at bolo.pod at icloud.com if you have a case you'd like me to cover. There's also a form on my Insta profile that you can fill in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to rate and review. This really helps our stories be seen and heard by more people. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, stay safe. I'd like to give a little shout out to Ruby, my newest subscriber. Thanks for supporting me and Bolo. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to the link in the show notes to subscribe or to the link to buy me a coffee, which goes towards helping me cover the costs of the podcast and create new content. Thanks again, Ruby.